You ready? You ready, baby girl? Run it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the greatest podcast on earth about nonsense. I am Chris Cash from Mount Philadelphia Works, joined by my co-host Roy the Psychopath Scott. This is the Axe and Iron Podcast. Today we are joined by a very, very special guest, one of the most handsome men that I know, Mr. Steve Pellegrino from Pellegrino Cutlery. First of all, I want to apologize. Steve, how are you? Doing well, gents. How are you? Good. You look fantastic. I know I say it a lot, but God damn, you are a fine looking gentleman. As um, always, I want to apologize first because I made a blunder on the last show. And in my rambling, I said that you had already been on the show. And then as I listened back, I'm like, I'm a jackass. He's never been on the show. <laughs> well, you've asked me so many times. It's about time, honestly. I know. It's crazy. He, well, listen, so crazy. he keeps shooting you down. He doesn't want you on the show. <laughs> I've asked him tons of times. He's like, I can't have two pretty guys on the show. I'm oh, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna look like yeah. A- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's the knife world treating you, Steve? Oh, that's good. You know. It's slow yeah. this year. I think it's slow for everybody. Okay. You know, we're traveling more and spend it on travel, not so much on home goods. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I can't complain. Chefs always buy knives. Good. Good. That is a different, uh, you do go a different route than uh, I'd say 95% of the uh, knife makers out there. Um, you advertise yourself as a uh, kitchen tool maker, a cutler, if you will. Yeah. Is that a thing? A cutler? <laughs> Reused cutler. That's a little bit, I don't know. Well, you your uh, Instagram is Pellegrino Cutlery, right? So I think an old yeah, term. Yeah, cutlery is a word. Was, cutler was probably a, isn't. Just disregard no, no, no. everything. So there was a cutler. Says. So Steve probably knows this because he's into oh. other cultures and knife making. But there used to be a cutler <laughs> that just did the knife work, that just did the metal work. Am I wrong in that? Or it was like. It sounds right to me. And yeah, the guy. So there was a guy that did the handle. There was a guy that did the, the the actual blades. There was a guy that did the the sheets or the scabbards that would hold the blades, because there was pre- there's people that just advertise themselves as cutlers where they don't do anything else but the steel and iron work. You're a disgusting human. We literally just heard you wipe the snot and sweat. You fucking off heard your- that? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Three minutes in, you're arguing. <laughs> So listen, Steve, seriously, disregard everything he said. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And don't say, yeah, it sounds nice. You're just being a nice guy. I know exactly what I'm talking about. You got to understand that I work with this Russian guy that will literally tell you the history of every single culture and why they were the way they were and why they made things the way they were. Look, I don't want to go into a big, long history about Steve Pellegrino. You can go to the Full Blast podcast he recorded last November and listen to his story about launching rockets with Jimmy DeResta. No, I'm just kidding. You were launching rockets with Jimmy DeResta, but they're separated. But yeah, I met Jimmy when I was at art school. He was a professor. Professor DeResta. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. DeResta. <laughs> Look at him now. The other day, like we would never called him Mr. DeResta. Yeah. And just, I mean, it was art school. So that, none of that happened anyway, but yeah, yeah it was kind of funny. Looking Did you guys back. always call him Jimmy? Yeah. He wanted that. You know, it was very casual class. Yeah. Pretty much Shocker. do it wrong. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it wrong. 
as long as you tried and you'd practice, you know, you went through with the uh, the principle he was trying to teach you, right? Gotcha. You want? Yeah, it was fun. Interesting. And you signed up for this class? <laughs> Believe it or not, I mean, I didn't know who Jimmy was when I signed up. I was interested in making things with my hands. I always was, and so graphic design. You know, as I went on in my years at School of Visual Arts, it became pretty clear to me that it's all on computers now. So, yeah. And you, you know, ever? You also say you live in Philadelphia. I've been to your house. You are <laughs> nowhere near that shithole. <laughs> used to be in Philadelphia. My shop has opened up uh, in up, uh, Upper Bucks County. Yeah. Yeah, which is like a beautiful place in Pennsylvania. Very nice place. Very quiet. In the mountains. So, say again. It's kind of in the mountains, huh? Uh, yeah. It's it's pretty hilly up here. Yeah. 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 What so you, dial us in on. I'm. Yeah. I'm dial, dial me in on geography here. Like, what are you close to? Don't uh, laugh at me. No. What do you know in PA? Just tell me. I don't know. <laughs> what's the What's the river right next to you, Steve? Yeah, I'm right near the Delaware River. Uh, it's probably not even 10 minutes from New Jersey, so it's real close to the mm. Oh, I think you and I talked about the, the Delaware Gap into New Jersey, right? Whenever we yeah. were up at Maker Camp. Yeah, yeah. And it's surprisingly beautiful. Yeah, well, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's country out here. Yeah. But there's Steve, else. these guys made a video about you, a little mini documentary, if you will. It's only like a minute and a half. Austin, Austin Smock. Oh yeah, that was and Travis Hun Hun. Yeah, uh, I forget the name of their production company, but we did a little something, and we drove around the area. And my my new old truck was new then, yeah, ninety one F one fifty. So uh, they wanted to use that as a prop, and yeah, we did a, a nice little video. It was a beautiful video. It's like oh, it's only like a minute and a half, and I watched it like eight times. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just like the music, the shots he did. It, you you have, obviously have a face for camera. Oh my god! <laughs> the way Dude. you describe, but but what I'm what I'm getting to is, you watch that little mini documentary that that guy shot on you, and just the the little bit that me and you have interacted. We've only seen each other in person a couple times, but. It like embodies that little minute and a half clip is like everything I think about when I think about you and how you approach craft and how you approach knife making or just life in general. You talk about cooking, which I know you and your wife enjoy the hell out of cooking and you're making cooking tools and just watching that thing. I was like, damn, this is like the perfect advertisement for Steve Pellegrino. It is perfect. It's great. It shows you a little your your humble shop. How yeah. you approach knife making as an art, and it's fantastic. Shout out to those guys. Was it Austin Austin Smock? Yeah, I forget the name of their company. Let me see if I can't find it right quick. Uh, well, I know it's just Austin Smock. It's a Utah-based film and video director. That's all he has, and he's he's got his uh, his stuff up on Vimeo, which is where yeah. a lot of these um, cinematographers and directors put their stuff up there. It's kind of like the artist version of um youtube yeah they uh they used to be called stockade i think interesting but yeah was, he just he like, just has it as utah video production service austin smock yeah when Good was dude. it released yeah oh. when was that shot it was like 2019 i think it was before it was the before times you know how have you not oh. aged <laughs> <laughs> well i'll be 32 in october so i have age it's just not that much <laughs> 
Didn't God. we talk about this? When were you born in October? Uh, the 6th. And I'm the 9th. And, and your wife, her name is Ray, right? Yep. And her, her birthday was when? March 23rd. Oh, okay. Maybe it's Roy's wife I'm thinking of that has a similar birthday yeah. to my wife. All right. Yes. Yeah. I knew me, yeah. and, me and Steve were close, but. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So you said things are slow right now, but chefs always buy knives. When I gave you a shout out on the last, last podcast, am I wrong that you have a, uh, I think you explained this a little bit to me last time we talked, but you have some connections to a Thai restaurant that you sell to a lot. Is that correct? Or am I wrong? Um, I have a friend and a owner of Thai restaurants in Philly that buys a lot of my work. Okay. Uh, and that's where you do some of your, you, you, you've shot some video and put it in your stories of them. Like, cutting up different food and stuff, right? Yeah. They okay. helped me. I mean, they. I made a, a Thai pork cleaver, which is a very specific. Yeah. Method. It's it's really only meant, I mean, it's a, it's almost like a multitasker in Thailand. Right. You'd okay. I'm like, you know, roadside food stalls and things like that pretty frequently, but I had no idea what it took or what sort of geometry they might want. I mean, I know you can take, you know, you can go through chicken bone with it. Wow. So, got to be pretty beefy but it still has to hold an edge still has to be sharp enough to be able to do you know vegetables and other things so uh, they kind of guided me as to how they wanted it set up right and then you know i mean i'm learning at the same time so it's it was it was a cool experience i recently did uh chinese cleavers uh for a uh chinese chef and uh again it was like i kind of had to learn a little bit about what they want in the knife so that i could put it in there and you know i get a little insight as well that's so great. How are you getting these customers? Just word of mouth? Do you have an in with somebody in the restaurant industry? My name is Nock. The um, restaurant in Philly is called Kaleya. It's okay. amazing Thai food. Uh, highly recommend. And, uh, you know, that was word of mouth. Huh. And the and the other guy, uh, John Kung, he's actually most famous on TikTok, but uh, he has a great YouTube channel, and he does a lot of, like, he does his own production, video production. And... Um, yeah, he wanted Chinese cleavers, so I thought, you know, S-grind, nice and thin. It's a big mm, S-grind, yep. yep. Like a, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, <laughs> S-grind. I was thinking you about doing a nice release, and, you know, it's still thin enough, but it's beefy. And, you know, it, it's, we kind of, like, talk. I mean, that's the beauty of customs, right? They get this tool specifically for what they want versus, you know, whatever I feel like making. All right, no, but, go ahead, hang go. on a second. Hang on. I got an important fucking question. I'm You're sure. running the goddamn show. I'm sure this is going to be important. Go ahead. Do you actually like Thai food, Steve? Yeah, I love Thai food. You All don't? Right. I do. So t tell me your favorite kind of curry. Mm. You hit me with the hard questions here, Roy. It's not hard. It's not hard. Just say something. Because Chris, Chris doesn't know the answer anyway. Like he doesn't, I, I he's never curry, even heard of curry. I had curry one time. It's I love a chicken shocker. curry. The spicier, the better. Yeah. But, the, you know, I've had it a few different ways. I've had it with fish as well. Whenever I go to our Thai place, I always get green curry with tofu. Sure. And I, and I substitute eggplant. Although eggplant makes me fart really bad. It's so fucking good. <laughs> Stick with the tofu, dude. What exactly is curry? So it's like a. Well, I'll let Steve answer. It's got it's a yeah. coconut base, but it's yeah, like it's a, a soup. You can but, use different proteins. Oh. Okay. So here's a, here's a question. Talk like, about it like I know exactly what it takes, but. So what about 
I've always wondered because most most times you go into a Thai place, they have they just let, name them out by color. So there's red curry, green color, curry, yellow, masaman. Um, do they have big vats of that stuff just going all day long? And they so they cook the base and then they put the vegetables or protein in as you per order. Or how does that really work? Because I've always been interested in that. Kind of depends on the place. Yeah, I suspect it's assembled. It's probably like prepped and then they just assemble it you know per order so they're not just cooking up a batch of green curry right there on the spot no because it's usually over rice or something it would get soggy otherwise no no they always serve the rice separate and then you add them together so i'm just worried i'm just curious about the base do they have big vats of fucking curry base just going all day long <laughs> well when you say that like i'm imagining like you know Gallon. Why is that fucking funny? <laughs> you are such an idiot. He's not. He's not like cooking curry professionally. I'll have to ask her. I don't know. I, I don't hey, think he's that. Listen, fuckface. He's the closest person <laughs> I know to a fucking Thai connection. All right. Yeah. I so he's so. the he's the authority right now. Oh my god. You know the I first place I ever had that was uh, Ben Snur's house because what? I'm like okay. the pickiest eater ever, and. Uh, they cook steak the first night, and mm. I don't eat steak. And then the second night, I think his wife's like, oh, we're having chicken curry. And the first thing that came to mind was, I'm going to shit my guts out. Yeah. Because I've never ate this before. <laughs> That's called curry in a hurry. But isn't it, isn't that a big, like, <laughs> isn't that a big staple food in, like, India? Is that where it came from, India? Uh, that, that I don't know. I mean, it's also very popular in Britain. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. Wait, we don't give a shit about the Brits. Come on, move on. <laughs> Why are we talking about curry anyway? Because it's Thai. Hey, speaking, so, of, hey, speaking of Thai stuff, how about fucking uh, Thai iced coffee, a little boba fucking tea, boba coffee? Fucking good. I just had it for the first time this week, this past weekend. I, oh, I love fucking Thai, co uh, Thai coffee, iced Thai coffee. It's so fucking good. But then to put in the fucking tapioca stuff, oh, yeah. boom, blow your fucking mind. Okay. Got it. Fucking get it. <laughs> Let me tell you. We went fishing one time near DC and there was a big storm that came through. So we had to find a place for some shelter before we could. We were letting this summer storm go over. We mm. go into this boba tea place. I'd never <laughs> had this shit before. Uh -huh. And I'm like, what is this? So we get them like, uh, it was cold. I, is, do, they, mm -hmm. do they do them hot too? Is mm -hmm. that a thing? That I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, I get one of these boba teas, and they come with one of those giant straws that feel like giant you're straw, a, like you're sucking through a garden hose. And mm -hmm. I didn't know <laughs> what's that. The the pearls have to fit through the straw. Pearls? <laughs> Is that what they are? He's well, fancy. Let me tell you, I'm in this this restaurant cafe. <laughs> we get a table, and we're sitting there. Well, I didn't know there was pearls in the bottom of this cup. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tapioca. So I take a big old suck off this garden hose, and I immediately start choking because one of those goes in my windpipe, and I'm oh having God. one of those coughing. I didn't know they were in there. <laughs> I did not know they were in there, and I'm having one of those coughing fits where everybody in the place thinks you're dying, <laughs> and I can't breathe. And the guy's like, how do you like your tea? The guy behind the thing, I'm like, look, it's awesome, man. I can't fucking breathe. Man, I was, so, at the deal. to this day, I will never fucking get another one of those teas ever again. Not for you. That's all right. 
<laughs> enough for me. Why why tapioca in the bottom of a drink? I don't know. It's a textural thing. You can, it and, definitely you can is. And make them taste like different things because they don't taste like anything by themselves, you know? They taste like giant well, – because tapioca is just rice, right? No. It's just like plain rice? It's like a root. It's a starchy is root. It? Yeah, I looked it up because I didn't fucking know either. <laughs> of I don't, I don't course know you did. But you can, they're like, in, they're, it's almost like tofu, right? Like whatever you apply to it is the flavor that it will, it will absorb. So Really? Right. You can make it into whatever you want, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I've never made that either. First thing that came to mind was giant fish eggs. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's exactly. Fair. They're kind of like roe, but they don't, yeah. they've got like, they're more like mochi. You know what mochi is? I don't. I've never even no. heard that. Is that a cartoon? I don't watch cartoons. So. Yeah, it's a cartoon. Yep. <laughs> it's anime. What is mochi? Uh, base. It's a Japanese. It's basically like a rice dough. And a lot of times you'll get it here, and it's a little Americanized, like it's filled with ice cream, and you can get mm. it and filled with ice cream too. It's fantastic. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. It's if you get like mochi ice cream, it's like a little ball of ice cream. It's wrapped in the mochi dough, and it's like really chewy and. Safe. I think I've had some of that at like a fancy place over on the fucking East Coast. And I tell you what, my fucking relationship with ice cream is over the top. I've gotten so fucking fat because of goddamn <laughs> ice cream. No, I, too. I can't stop. Too full pint, you know. God. Dude, uh, <clears throat> that is my weakness. <laughs> is it really? It is my weakness. Every time Amy's grocery shopping, I'm like, uh, did you get any did you get any ice cream to order? Wait, all cream? right, so so Name just like a little, bitch. just like a little Tim Roof Sunday, little little vanilla, little little fudge in there with some peanuts or something. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't go crazy with all the weird flavors and the Girl Scout flavor ice mm -hmm. cream. You know, Girl Scout cookie. I just yeah. give, me, give me plain ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually really like vanilla. It's great. You know, you exactly something simple on it. Yeah. yeah. I I am on a fucking moose tracks kick that's just gonna give me a fucking heart attack. You are a child. You are a literal child. Fuck you off. put like Nuts. ground up M and M's on top of it. And no, caramel. you don't need to because it's got chocolate fucking swirl things through it and fucking little peanut butter cups. It comes pre fucking mixed wow. for you. It's amazing. I've seen that. I've just never had it. Moose tracks. You try it. Moose tracks. I don't know. It's fucking amazing. It's it's good. I I can vouch for it. Thank you. Fucking oh, thank Steve you. on is turning into a food podcast. We literally, it's three slubs. One guy's <laughs> wife cooks for a living. Yeah. The other two slubs eat for a living. And <laughs> the 30 people that listen to your show are going to be really annoyed. Exactly. Yeah. Like, God, stop talking about bullshit food. I will say this show has taken quite the shift. We went from this uh, <laughs> interviewing. It took a real hard. I'm I'm talking about the show in general, not just with Steve. I'm saying yeah. we we went from interviewing people, and then that got kind of stale. To me, it got kind of stale because everybody was doing it, and then it turned into this uh, Roy story time, which uh, Fader gave me the best uh, analogy for you. You are the Kentucky Seinfeld. You are the one that creates all, right. all of your own shit. I don't create my fucking problems. <laughs> yes, you do. That's very funny. No, I don't. You are the Kentucky right. Seinfeld, dude. That was the best. I was like, yep, there he is. I'm going to have a talk with Mr. Jeff. I'm and I got him. so many, uh, I don't know, I don't know how people found racing push mowers, but I got so <laughs> many racing push mower videos sent to me that it was ridiculous. That's fun. Did you ever get yeah. your fixed, Roy? I did. I picked it up on Saturday, straight down, straight back, and then uh, I used it on sunday and it runs like a fucking champ sure. and and i just felt you know 
really proud, really accomplished. <laughs> you paid three grand for a push mower. You should not feel proud. I, I was. I was like pushing around like, hey, I want everyone to check out my fucking mower, yo. Check it out. You know, you know the number one thing that was said to me at that blacksmith gathering was, Roy really paid three grand for a push mower? Hey. That whole mower story is a Seinfeld episode. It is. By the 100%. way. 100%. That's, that's um, think of that connection. I'll take that as a compliment. Let's move on. It's a compliment. <laughs> Steve, you probably don't have to do much mowing up where you're at, do you? No, yes and no. There's there's grass, but honestly, we've had kind of a drought situation, so most of it's just dying. Yeah, same here. We haven't had yeah. we haven't had any other than the occasional uh, evening crazy summer storm that lasts like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. We haven't had any rain whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, about half inch of rain in the past month. Yeah, not much. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that, really smooth to the weather portion of this podcast. I like. <laughs> you like that transition? <laughs> oh my god! Steve, I want to thank you for listening since the beginning. But yeah. anyway, the uh, the Chinese cleaver you were talking about. Yeah. Um, do you call that the? Do you call that a sheath? Do you call that a scabbard? Do you call it what is that thing that that holds the actual blade? So it's called a saya. Saya. Mm. So it has a totally different name. That's a that's a Japanese word. Yeah, S A Y A, and it's just a wooden it's a wooden sheath. It's like a okay. something to slide it into and allow the edge to be protected. It's good for traveling. You know, if you're a chef and you've got a bunch in a roll, it's nice to have, you know, at the very least an edge protector on it. But you know, sayas are you know, it's like furniture. You know what I mean? It's, I had zero <laughs> knowledge on how those things were constructed. Yeah. Until I saw Ilya make one. And yeah. I'm like, that's how you do it? <laughs> like yeah. Well, whatever he says is right. Don't don't ask me. I'm sure I'm doing it wrong. Well, no, yeah. he, he took two pieces of wood. Yes. Uh, you know, sp- ha- and then carved out by with a hand chisel the, the shape of the blade, like, as mm-hmm. it would be. And then stick the two pieces together and, like, clean the uh, – and, and it really looks like – because I'm an, I'm an idiot and totally ignorant to when it comes to wood – I thought I'm like, how are they carving inside of this piece of wood <laughs> oh, to make the idiot. knife? I had you are stupid. Some people do them so well that you cannot tell that that was two pieces of wood at one time. You know, Illy is a purist. I'm yeah. A of this, I use a router because I'm trying to make. <laughs> I was gonna, I thought you were gonna be like, so I punch it into a CNC program and it you just could, that was that's exactly <laughs> what I would suggest. Exactly. I've done that, but I don't have a CNC. I I borrow one, so. Uh, Gotcha. I do all the time, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's a, it's a pretty simple thing and, uh, it's, yeah. it's a lot of value to the knife when you can, you know, send that with it. Yeah. So that's super I, cool. Hey, you know, um, Byron, we've talked about Byron before a long time ago. He's a buddy down in North Carolina. Anyway, okay. he, he made a big chef knife for me like two, three years ago mm. and he made this really nice sheath for it. And I put it in there one time. I like first use. And I didn't have the fucking knife dry enough, and the blade started oxidizing and everything. And mm. I've never used the sheath since then. So oh, I you're just, one of those I just, guys. What do you mean, one of those fucking guys? <laughs> now I, I just fucking, I just dry it off super fucking, like, yeah. you know, just make sure it's perfectly dry. And then I just throw it in my drawer on top of the sheath by the cutting board. I don't know. Like, just for me, I don't feel like a, a sheath is necessary. But I'm not, like... You know, I make guacamole and I cut up watermelon. So. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so the the chef uh, or restaurant that you sold that to, 
Well, they actually, I mean, I know you're not there watching them, but did they request that thing? Like, that it have a, say the word again, I'm sorry. Which, you're, you're talking did, about the cleaver? Yes, yes. Did they did they ask for that? Uh, no. I actually okay. have started offering those as standard on customs. Ah, okay. Because, again, it offers a lot of value. It, I mean, I happen to think this particular chef would be traveling a lot. He has... Uh, a studio where he shoots his videos and you know from there to home worked out well gotcha uh, some, so does he make youtube videos about cooking sorry does he make youtube videos about cooking yeah oh okay yeah yeah he's got a pretty big following honestly uh john kung on uh, kung on youtube and also on tiktok and on instagram and all the things gotcha yeah it's uh he he does a lot of different asian cuisines he probably Probably learn a lot. Oh, this guy's big. Yeah, he's pretty big. Yeah, he's got some <clears throat> banger videos. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's a younger fella too. He's not even like. I mean, I was, he's got to be my age or younger. I'm not. Actually, yeah. But. I was thinking like some older traditional like chef. This dude's like. Yeah, no. I the, the old guys. Uh, I don't know. You know. <laughs> you got an opinion? Please tell. They're not. They're not. They're not coming for looking. You know, coming out to look for guys like me. You know. They're gotcha. Just, you know, you get to a point in your career and uh, all the all the fine things in life come, you know, come looking for you. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, that's all right. Are you the seeing only, the shit? only thing comes looking for fucking Chris is the fucking Johnny Law. No one. <laughs> no one's Johnny out. <laughs> that's a Kentucky speak. Johnny Law. Yeah. OK. Are you finding this uh, the shift happening, Steve, where you're not marketing towards um Slubs that leave their knives in their sheets and let them rust Fuck up. And you're, off. You're you're marketing yourself towards more professional culinary guys, and then those culinary guys are also seeking out handmade, yeah. you know, beautiful knives. Is that is that is that a thing that's happening? For sure. I mean, it's definitely something that I I want. You know, I like to make knives for professionals because they know what they want. Right. You know, I mean, I, I do a lot of work with home cooks, but generally it's a lot more handholding. You know, I'm answering a lot more questions and you get to a point where, I mean, you know, you've probably heard this from Jeff as well. Um, it's a lot easier to just make what you want and put it on your website and then who buys it, buys it. Just yeah. Less uh, interfacing with the customer. So yeah. I like <clears throat> I like that model. Yeah. yeah, same. And I'm really fortunate to be able to even consider that now as a way to move forward because it took a long time to, to gain enough of following where I would have those kinds of sales. You know, that, that took a long yeah. time. I had to bang in a lot of doors. You know? Yeah, I bet. It's not easy. And I'm, I'm, and I'm sure that the chef, like it's such, so you're a knife maker, then you're a chef knife maker. Then you're like a highly specialized, like I'm making this fucking Messiah thing and fucking pork cleaver and Messiah thing? <laughs> you know what Did I'm fucking talking about. you just blend talking. a bunch of words? I mean, <laughs> I'm not wrong. Yeah. So, like, I'm just saying that you're fucking zeroing in on something really specific. So, yes. you know, <laughs> stop Steve Pellegrino, the maker of Messiahs. <laughs> I'm with you. It's true. You know, I'm not really, I don't really market myself so much as I just, you know, share the work that I really yeah. like and I want to do more of and and you know your customers will find you you know I don't I don't push that too hard I don't uh send out newsletters more than a couple of times a year you know I'm not going to get a lot of spam from me Wait you have newsletters? Yeah yeah I on my website you know it's been, I'm sort of trying to edge that way uh rather than rely on the Instagram game cuz that's kind of going down I, Oh it's awful. I yeah. can't 
okay, I'm going to be honest. I signed up to a lot of newsletters from all different makers and companies. I don't read any of those. Okay. And I'm curious as, cause I've seen a lot of people doing it. What, where do you, in your head, as you're thinking about your process, cause me and you have talked about, you know, making it in life and all that shit. How do you, where do you see the newsletter thing as a benefit to uh, what you're doing? Like, give me an example of where the newsletter would benefit you as opposed to just making like a, a big thing on Instagram or your website or whatever. Where, what do you think the newsletter is doing for you personally? Well, you know, I'm sort of trying to build it over time because imagine Instagram going down and then, okay. you know, our followership, you know, whatever that is, respectively. Yep. You don't have access to them anymore. Okay. So they get in touch with you. How do you get in touch with them? With the emails, you know, you can send out one newsletter. It goes to everybody. Uh-huh. Lead it, or they can come to the website and see what you got. But the thing is, it's completely insulated from social media. So you have okay. to find to potential customers so you can market to them. You know, okay. Like with Instagram, you just kind of like, you know, it's like scattergun approach. And then, you know, maybe they're going to throttle you back and you're not going to get the same kind of engagement. And that's, you were seeing that now because everyone's all of a sudden, everyone's into reels. Mm -hmm. That's what they're prioritizing. They're trying to stay competitive as a company. So they're looking and they're trying to, you know, rail against TikTok. YouTube shifted that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, 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 yeah. YouTube shorts are huge right now. Mm -hmm. um, but the monetization is, a lot lower. So with that being said, do you find like, what am I trying to say here? Do, when you send out a newsletter, you said you don't do that many. What's an example of not that many, like six a year. Yeah. If that I mean, monthly work I do. Oh, okay. So once you finish something, then you'll put out a newsletter. When I finish like a big batch, you know, I'm, I'm kind gotcha. of this year. I haven't done one yet. And it's because okay. I've been finishing up customs from before. We're, I, only, we're I, only in July, Steve, you got plenty of time. <laughs> halfway over. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just with you. We went here in no time. Yeah, you know how it is in the Northeast. I sure do. But um, yeah, so I'm just I'm trying to catch up, and I'm I'm kind of holding off until I have a big bunch of stuff to offer, rather than like you know five, which is okay. Fun. Some people put it up as they make it. I'm kind yeah. of ex ex experimenting with different different methods. But what I was so, getting to when you put the newsletter up, do you find the traffic and sales go up? Yeah. Do you, do you sell out instantly because of the newsletter or is it? But, you know, I, I rarely have things sit for more than a few days. OK. Which is nice. Um, you know, some of the stuff goes right away. I used to have I, I was having issues trying to keep people from like running in ahead of the launch because I was like mm -hmm. on the website and they would see it as I was updating it. But I, I talked to Wix. It was like a backdoor issue with like SEO nonsense. Wait, 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 wait. Stuff. So you had people sitting there refreshing your website? I presumably. I, I know that I was. So I'll, I'll like have all the photos and I'll have all uh -huh. the copy and I'll, I'll get it all set up and then I'll start to update the website. I'll start plugging this stuff in, right? Okay. And what was happening was I would start putting things up and then people were able to see that in real time and then buy it before I was done. Gotcha. Sounds nice, but it was kind of not fair for the people that were waiting until, you know, let's say whatever it is, 11 a.m. EST when I was seeing yeah. this whole mm -hmm. time that there would be a drop. So apparently I, I learned later that while I would hide the page I was updating, uh -huh. other like backdoors, like if you just Googled me but didn't go to the website, you just clicked the, what do you call it, the uh, the shortcut link at the yeah. subtext of the Google. Uh -huh. 
you could get to that page even though if you went to the website through the front door, so to speak, it wouldn't be there. Yeah, we, those tricky motherfuckers. That's hey, so wild. Worked it out, and they were like, "What the fuck? Like all you know, all the knives are gone." And it's like you know, uh, five minutes after eleven or whatever. And it's like, "Sorry, I didn't know." I mean, I can't stop them. Yeah, stop them. But it, yeah. it's also not fair. So I'm trying to make it more democratic. So I'm, I'm going to do that a bit differently in the future. Huh. Nice mm-hmm. to have, I admit. But, yeah. Yeah. You're in a strange I, game. It's very strange. Yeah. I, I make no, you know, I, I have no illusions about the fact that it, it, it might not be forever. That's fine. You know, and now I, like more competitive than it ever has been. Yeah, you know. It's very competitive. I've, I've thought about, um, like, almost every time I talk to Brandon from Whiskey River, he's like, start that newsletter yet? Because he's been on the newsletter train for he, a long time. Dude, dude, he, pu- he pushes that newsletter like nothing else. It's well, crazy. I mean, it, so if you have, and I know you're not organized because you're a dipshit, no, but I I'm am. very organized. Yeah. So every person that has purchased something from Den and Jack's Works, I've got their email address and I've got their shipping address. So all I have to do is just take that database and put it into a newsletter because they're already built in customers. Yeah. And I've got it across all the platforms. So PayPal, fucking um, Square, uh, Blade Show yeah. purchases, like yeah. all of them. I've got all of that data. And and I know that I have repeat customers. So, I mean, like if you just manage your data wisely, like you've already got a newsletter, you've already got the audience for the newsletter. Yeah. You just have to like I just have to get off my lazy ass and actually construct it and put it out there. Exactly. That's bizarre. And and it's so first world problems like, oh, God, I got to sit down and do a newsletter. I got to copy and paste a bunch of shit. Yeah, I just hate computer work. Yeah, I do too. It's awful. Yeah. You gotta do I it. took today and um, I'm relaunching the YouTube channel. So I'm editing video that I've been filming over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's, miserable. <laughs> it's miserable. It's fun for like an hour. It's and you're fun. Like, oh, That's God. exactly right. I find myself, especially when I'm uh, mixing audio and you're listening to the same audio over and over and over because you're cutting. Oh, it's it's. Yeah horrendous but yeah I, I used to do it it's not something that i enjoy so I, I i haven't really found the way i like to do youtube so i've kind yeah. of alone it's been probably over four years since i made a youtube video well i figured out what i'm gonna do i'm gonna keep it because everybody's and this goes for me as well i'm not i'm not busting anybody's ass the attention span of viewers is tiny right mm-hmm. now Everything is a literal digital magazine and people are flipping through the pages. And I think that that's okay. That's okay. There's a place for short, short term, uh, short length videos. And there's a place for long-term videos. I want to fall like in the three to five minute category, which is great because a lot of the stuff I'm shooting is time lapse. It's like, you know, it's like people like this hammer restorations. Uh, I'm not going to show a one and a half hour video cut up, edited into, you know, what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. It's literally going to be two minutes from start to finish yeah. over the course of probably uh, the next one will probably take me four weeks to do. So over the course of four weeks, I'll condense that all down into two or three minutes of footage. Put a little snazzy soundtrack behind it and let people get a kind of a glimpse into, uh, you know, uh, 
it's so weird to hear this whole lucky thing. You're so lucky. That shit drives me fucking bonkers. I'm going to show how peop- people how lucky I am when I'm fucking sweating my ass up up there. Yeah. Nobody nobody sees the fucking bullshit behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody just sees, like, like those vices I just unloaded. Everybody's like, oh, that's so awesome. It's like, motherfucker, I've been working that deal for, like, six literal months. I've yeah. been trying yeah, to get for those. sure. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, so I've shot a bunch of stuff from the, the Blacksmith Gathering, which was a kick-ass event. Steve, you need to go to the next one because it was very fun. You'll you'll enjoy it. And I don't think it's that far from you, is it? Bucks County, maybe. It we, was in Poxitani, like close uh-oh. to Poxitani. Yeah, I don't know how far that is, actually. I've never been out there. Well, it was three and a half hours for me, so I don't know. Anyway, it was in the north uh, west portion of Right, that's PA. probably at least three, three and a half hours. Yeah, because it was an hour hour east of Pittsburgh. I think oh, is what it, that's way more. That's like six plus. Is it really? Yeah, that's a ride. That's on the other end. Uh, I'm going to be at Johnstown uh, in September, and I'm going to be at Pittsburgh at, in, in Pittsburgh after that. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. it was an hour from Johnstown too. What's it? What's it take you to get to Johnstown? Did you already look it up? Um, it's like I think it's like five and change. Okay, so this was probably about the same same distance. That's yeah, that's like an overnight. I don't know. I don't. I don't like to do all that in one day, like the round trip. Yeah. Plus, in a day is a lot. You don't have to. Yeah. Right. Not a maniac like me. Yeah. I went all the way to the ocean and back the other day for an entire shop. It was ninety-five <laughs> degrees. It was ridiculous. That's brutal. Yeah. So when, whenever I saw uh, your flatbed and you're unloading or loading that uh, big fucking bandsaw. Because it didn't have the top wheel on it, it looked like an enormous scroll saw. That's because uh, I never haul those with top wheels. So the very first thing I do as soon as I get to a shop that has a bandsaw like that is I immediately take the top wheel off. Mm-hmm. Because the wheels are more scarce than the actual saws. I found a Ooh, ton I didn't of saws about that. where the wheels are broken or cracked or they're just went missing at some point. So the first thing I do is I put take the – that was a 36-inch crescent. So I take the big ass wheel off and the guy that owns it is like, that's a smart thing to do. And I'm like, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of broken wheels out there. So I immediately take that off before I start moving anything and just put it in a safe place. And where I know. Right. Say again. The base is upright. Like everything else is just standing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so that's good. That's smart. Yeah, but the way it. that the way that it looked like the arm coming out looked like an enormous scroll saw. I know you don't know what a scroll saw is, but nobody uses scroll saws. It's not true. That's like there a are, do, that's like a dead tool. No, it's not. There are, I, I I know of people that still use them, but you know they're woodworkers. It's different. Yeah. yeah, they're woodworkers, and they do a lot of like layering and dimensional kind of stuff. Yeah, where like there are some Instagram accounts that are absolutely huge. Um, that do that intricate work yeah. and I've always wanted to talk to him and like, yo, why don't you just do that on a CNC or a laser or something? Because the detail work that they can do is yeah. fucking phenomenal, but you can also do it on a laser or a CNC. Well, I think a lot of people are going that way though, aren't they? But there are, there are some holdouts that, that have been scroll sawing for, you know, 15, 20 years or whatever. They're never going to change, but yeah. I mean, the... I don't know. It's crazy what they can fucking do. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's an art form, but it's yeah. a fucking like crazy art form to be able to do that and make shit look good. Well, I mean, and like, look at the machine cost aside, like what's a good laser 10 K. 
Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. That is true. Yeah. I and think the about foot, that. footprint of it, too. Yeah, you can get a scroll saw for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's different kind of woodworking. Yeah, that was an entire wood shop. The only thing I kept out of that was the uh, Matt actually kept the little tiny metal lathe because we have no lathe here. We've had lathes at the shop, but they've all been like eight foot plus these monsters. Yeah. So we got this little tiny. Uh, it's like a South Bend. It's a um, Atlas, Atlas lathe is what it mm-hmm. is. Like a tabletop. So, yeah, but it's on its own little base and everything. So we kept that here, but the rest of it went to the uh, the blacksmith guild at um, Wally's. But that was a hell of a mm. hell of a haul. Lots yeah, of cool shit there. Tools were made in the town where I was born. What Crescent? Uh, I believe Atlas was in Plainfield, New Jersey. Oh, Atlas. I'm sorry. I thought you said Crescent. Oh no. I have to look. Is that where I... you were born, New Jersey? Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Walker Walker Turner. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was born in Plainfield, New Jersey, at a hospital that isn't there anymore. Plainfield took a turn. Oh, yeah. New Jersey <laughs> took a turn. Well, you know, it's got it's got its areas, but Plainfield yeah, is yeah. a great city, evidently. But not I met my time. The weirdest pair of brothers from New Jersey this past week. <laughs> really? This they last were, week? This past week, they were so straight. <laughs> I told them right to their face. I'm like, you two are the weirdest motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. Where are you from? <laughs> hey, the bright side of things, though, they're going to be at Maker Camp because they were the guys that were doing the smelt. That were, uh, oh, they yeah, actually, I saw that. They oh. call themselves Smelt Team Six, which I thought was pretty pretty clever. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but it's clever. Uh, six different guys. They've been doing it for nine years, and these fellas had their shit together. They I'm going to start out. a fucking chant. I'm going to call it Smelter Skelter. <laughs> such an idiot. That's going to take over everything. These fellas pulled out a bloom like I have never seen and it was consolidated, and it was like, I mean, they were literally starting to make steel with it, like, right as soon as it came out of the bloom. It, yeah. they, they just had, they had it all together, they had the whole operation down, so I sent a video to Austin, it was like, got your new smelters for Maker Camp, and they're used to doing um, historical reenacting, mm. so I told them, I was like, yeah, we don't have any more rooms, but... Uh, you're welcome to camp. And they're like, oh, we love camping. So Austin's like, yeah, get them on board. Let's go. So they're going to put on a hell of a hell of a good show. Um, they they really, really, really know what they're doing. It's really cool to watch. I'm looking so. forward to seeing it this year, actually, yeah. because I'm not I'm not doing blacksmithing in, uh, this year. I'm cooking barbecue with Will Shear. What? Oh, are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, I don't think that many people have heard yet, but I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not doing the uh, the blacksmithing tent. I'm going to go over and uh, we're going to just do whole hog barbecue awesome. uh, in style. And uh, I think we're going to have one other guy called Dave helping us. So, yeah. It'll yeah, Dave's Dave. the same guy that was there the first year, right? Yeah, I think it's green money fast. Yes. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of style did you say? You broke up a little bit when you said what style? Uh, whole hog barbecue. Whole hog barbecue. So yeah. it's literally just a whole hog. You're going to cook it. Like rotisserie style or bury it or what y'all up to? I believe it's an offset smoker. I don't know what he's got going, but I'm just I'm just helping out. Whatever it is, he asked me to blow, bring that big blower again. <laughs> so he's... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Shears, uh, you know, Will Shear, right? Of course. Okay, just checking. So, yeah, I just went to his house. Oh, good. Yeah, I took him. Uh, he bought a big Colombian vice from me. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so 
Cool. Yeah. So he he's he's the he's the man for it. You know, I'm just I'm just like doing whatever, chopping wood or watching the temps. You know. You you demoed at the first, the very first Maker Camp, which was 2019, right? 19. I did. That was the first time you and I had ever met in person, correct? I believe so. And I broke your knife that you made that entire weekend. Do you remember Fucking that? Asshole. <laughs> it was one of them. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really, I didn't finish a lot. So it was one of the ones that I had, I had hardened and ground. And yeah. you were like, I, I know all about chef's knives. Let me throw. No, it. I did not say I that. See, <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. No, I, I dropped it onto the seats a couple times and it was sticking so gold, so well. And you were kind of giving me this look like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then the tip yeah. went pink. <laughs> Because I said, are they all heat treated and everything? You're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you got good heat treated. Then it's like, I guess. No. That's fine. (laughs) Broke. You also taught a class the same year that I did. We actually didn't get the meat, but at Jimmy's, you did a knife making class in 2019, right? Two in 2019. I think it was spring and then fall. I want to say like September. No, probably later, closer to October. But um, yeah, it was good. You know, it was in the big barn, Uh, it was in the Maker Church. And yeah. we had like, I think in the second class, we made like an ungodly amount of knives. So it was like, I want to say eight people. I think amongst everyone, there was 40 knives. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you were stressing out of your mind. It was a little stressful. It was a yeah, lot. J- Jimmy was telling me you were stressing out of your mind. <laughs> you know, and it's like, Jesus Christ, 40 knives, you know, yeah. in a day, you know, because there was obviously grinding to finish afterwards. Yeah. I think once, you know, once people saw how to get through the first steps before heat treat they were like oh i'm just gonna keep making them then you know and it went really well yeah and there was space for everyone but it was just like i think that was the bottleneck so but it was it was good i love to teach and it's honestly helped me a lot in my subsequent classes because i'm doing i did one in april of this year at, at um nas forge in brooklyn and i'm doing another in november yeah how was that by the way it was great it went really well there was only three students so i could give everybody like really oh perfect it's mm, nice yeah. Interesting so, shop location, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Industry City in Brooklyn is gorgeous. It's talk, a hel- talk a little bit about that. Well, so it's like this huge conglomerate. It's this set of buildings. It takes up uh, several blocks in uh, Sunset Park, Brooklyn. And um, there's food and, like, you know, high-end furniture stores. And there's, like, a lingerie store, like, handmade lingerie. There's uh-huh. a Forge, And then it also couples to... Um, another store where they sort of like sell all their knives. Um, yeah, there's like tons and tons of food. Will, Will Durney, uh, has one of his hometown barbecue spots there. There's an awesome place to get sushi. You know, it's like a really cool place to have a shop. I'm a little jealous, honestly. I heard you can like, am I wrong in that you can see in like, that was part of the, the appeal to Naz was like, you could see in the shop as you were working, like people from the street could look in. Uh, kind of, you can't see it from the street, but if you walk complex, yeah, you can kind of see into all the spaces because it's all industrial look, uh, like wire reinforced glass and, uh, you know, all steel construction, you know, exposed beams and, you know, they let let it rust, you know, like, uh, industrial chic, if you want, uh, you know. And you're doing, you said you're doing another one in November. November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Do you want more than three people? I don't think they could handle more than three people. Okay. There's three grinders and there's one kiln. I was going to say where to sign up before that, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> so I don't know if it's full yet, but, you know, okay. he had some interest and the first one went great. So, you know, I mean, I'm optimistic. I, yeah. I think this one will be better. 
So you're buddies with Theo? We've become friends. He didn't. He he's going to assist me this time. Last time he was uh, re- recovering from a minor surgery. So oh okay. Um, one of uh, his frequent helpers and shopmates, uh, Tahoma, helped me out. He was great. He you know he was like Johnny on the spot with whatever it is that I needed. You know going through the course. So you know it was a lot of fun. He seems like a really nice but total fucking smart like n- nerd alert. Just like his brain's going to explode because he's so nerdy and so fucking smart about stuff. But he seems like a genuinely nice dude. He's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've always wanted to meet that guy, that kid. Yeah. I admire what he's built over there, you know, because it's I think it's a great spot for it. And there's a lot of interest. Um, There's still tons of people that, you know, as we were teaching the class. People were like looking in the windows, like seeing what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's still inherently interesting. A lot of people don't even know, you know, even now with the proliferation of forge and fire that a knife is even something that you can like make right you know it's still a new concept and i remember when i learned about it you know when it was like 2019 (laughs) (laughs) the year you taught the class of jimmy (laughs) you're learning on the fucking job like yeah this is how we do it well of course of course i i thought it was interesting um with theo that does he have a line of knives or is he just all in on teaching? I don't know. He's got a bunch of courses. I don't know. I know he makes his own stuff, but with what frequency? I can't say. A lot of swords. I, well, were... so I thought that was an interesting take because most guys that, you know, went on Forge and Fire, they're, they're knife makers or whatever, and they're just trying to push their own product. But he went the education route and I just like, I followed him early on. I don't follow him anymore because he wouldn't follow me back. But, um, <laughs> It was like really, really good content. <laughs> it's great content, but fuck him because he didn't refollow. Re- nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's right for you. Hey, as we we're gonna wrap this thing up because I got a ton of shit going on, and there's actually people outside working in my shop, and I need to get back out there. But a uh, couple things before we go. Okay. One, I'm not rushing at all, but Clearly. you are. Thank you very, very much for doing this. Two. You, your website is amazing. It ins- it's like making me want to. It's very short to the point. No, no frills. Mm-hmm. You have this drawing on there um, under process on your tab. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. That needs to be a fucking shirt because that's incredible. Is yeah. that your your art? And yeah, yeah. You- so all of the knives that I make, I draw on paper first. So Okay, that just that image on your website. Go to PellegrinoCutlery.com. And go to the customs tab, I think it is, or process tab. It's a okay. Process. I'm actually going to be updating some of those photos. They're they're kind of old now, but your website's so clean, dude. And yeah. it makes me. I got to get my shit together and get off my ass and make a website. It's never um, going to happen. It's a process. It sucks, honestly. I, I don't blame you for for putting it off because it's like you know. I mean, it's my just wife. another thing. It's another mm-hmm. cog in the wheel, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, but, I don't sit in front of a computer either. From you. the very first day I met you, you had one of to this to this day. You know what I'm gonna say? You had one of the most badass fucking shirts that I've ever seen, and it was one of your shirts that you said for years. I think I I think I can go back in the DMs for two years. I've been bothering you about making this line of shirts again, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do a run. 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 You never did a run, but you had explain what you had on this shirt. It was. Go ahead. It was the goddess of sharpness. Which I is a to, real thing. I'll send you a photo of the artwork so that you can post it. Um, yes, please do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it just, said, 
what did it, what was the what was the line? I don't even I don't even know. It's, I thought it was your line. Uh shit. I can't think of it. It was master of the oh, the dark dark arts of sharpness. That's something I've been using for a little little like, you know, handle that I've been using. And it was the fucking dark arts of sharp sharpness. It was fucking incredible. And I still want one of those shirts to this day. You uh-huh. need to do it. Do another fuck. Like, I know shirts are expensive, but do a pre-order. Get everybody to pay you for them, and then go get the shirts made. So I'm conflicted, right? Because it's an amazing shirt. It's a shitty business if you're selling them for 30, 35 bucks. No, it's not. Yeah. Shirts cost money. But I, yeah, but I'm also like doing good printing, and the overhead's like kind of high. So what? With if people the, like them, they'll pay for it. So it's like. Eh. You know, I, I'd almost rather make them and give them away than... I'll take one. ...money on it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the freeloader king over here. He's like, I'll take one. <laughs> but, like, packaging and shipping, like, individual shirt orders is, like, they not... Have, I don't have time to be doing that. Yeah. You know, because it'll do well. I know people will want them, and then it's like, oh, now that's my job. I'm doing fulfillment. No, just do a, do a limited run of 20 to 25 in XYZ sizes, like five of this, five of this, five of this, five of this. Okay. Well, there, there, are, there are companies that do all that for you that you just no, no, don't deal with those I companies. They the fucking suck. Well, I want to use a local printer in Philly. You know, I don't, I don't want to like do garbage. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather not do it at all. Well, basically, I just wanted to get you on the podcast to say, make me one of those fucking shirts. I'll give you a hundred dollars for it. <laughs> All right, a hundred bucks. I'll yeah, that one shirt, hundred bucks. You fucking like idiot. That. Dude, <laughs> I'll, I'll take single for a hundred dollars. I know how to silkscreen. <laughs> I haven't bought a shirt in I don't know how many years because of thank you very much to everybody out there that sends me shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I've not bought a single pair of clothes in a very long time. Shocker. I, I get compliments Now who's on the these fucking shirts. freeloader? You these people are like, head. that shirt's so awesome. Where'd you get it? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Contact <laughs> this dude. Yeah. Contact the guy that there's the logo on it. <clears throat> yeah. But anything else, Roy, before you go? I'm sorry I didn't ask about you. I really didn't care. I was just <laughs> yeah. wanting to talk to Steve for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you okay? Hey, I got, I got one last question for you, Steve. Yeah. Uh, so you and I talk about tattoos. Uh, um, you ha- have you gotten any since Maker Camp, or do you have any on the uh, yeah on the books? A bunch. Um, I got Wait, you got a bunch. I got this one here. I got a skull. It's a pretty Ooh, quick like flash nice. skull, but it's got uh-huh. a crack in it where I got hit in the head. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. we didn't even oh. get into that. It's my crack. Yeah. You yeah. talked about that on Jeff's though, right? Yeah, I talked about it on Jeff's. Yeah. I'm so, so go listen to the full. But you are sweating profusely because you're in your shop and it's like yeah, I had to turn everything off because it was making a lot of noise. I'm yeah. so sorry. Okay, we'll be done. Go to um. Go listen to the Full Blast podcast. Go listen to Steve Pellegrino's entire story. He's a phenomenal maker. He's one of my favorite right. um, culinary knife cutlers. That's sure. what I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he makes fantastic shit. Go check out his website. When he gets his shit together, go sign up for his newsletter. Go buy his stuff. Already sign up. Just write into the website, and you'll be added. Oh, there you go. Go yeah. to the website. Just just say, hey, you can write whatever. You can write literally anything, and it'll Li- automatically capture your email and add it to the newsletter. Listen, fuckface Steve, if the knife business doesn't fucking pan out, yeah. contact GQ immediately. You're not going to get Klein. any younger. You got to get it now. Is still a thing? You know that's not how it works, right? I don't know, <laughs> but you what need you to mean? contact him. He's already tried. <laughs> He's already fucking tried. <laughs> <laughs> they never wrote back. No. 
They're like, eh, nah, I know there's nah. a lot of listeners pass, that pass, do Photoshop. I know there's a lot of listeners that do the Photoshop because they always post shit in the Photoshop. I want Steve Pellegrino's face on like the Mark Wahlberg Calvin Klein underwear ad. <laughs> oh my That's God. what I'll use for the advertising. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for being on. Again, if you want to hear more about Steve Pellegrino, go listen to our buddy Jeff at the Full Blast podcast. We didn't really want to get into the story. I just wanted to shoot the shit. Have a good time. Make him sweat to death and uh, talk huh. about talk about what he does. Thank you very, very much. Anything else, Steve? Anything else? You cut out a little bit. I said thanks for having me on. That's it. Oh, I'm thanks, good. buddy. I really appreciate it. Roy, you good? Anything Mr. X ice cream. <laughs> You're such an idiot. That's a wrap on the X and Iron Podcast.